happy Thursday, Brian. <sighs> happy Thursday, Kev. Thanks, bud. <laughs> it's a it's we're heading in a Memorial Day weekend, which yeah. is a time to be both enjoying your family and it's usually great weather, some barbecuing. Yeah. But also an important time to acknowledge those that we've lost who fought for American freedom, either here or overseas over time. And, um, you know, while you're having those those hot dogs and spend time with the family, you, you know, make sure you reflect on those that cannot be there. Mm-hmm. Were you looking for me to? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I just okay. thought that we were so in sync that we completed each other's sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I was going to, but you finished the sandwiches part. Yeah. I love a good sandwich. My wife made one for me the other night, randomly, like a late night snack. Mm-hmm. It was a peanut butter and jelly on wheat, and mm. I about flipped because it was delicious. Yeah. And she like just came in to the room and like dropped it off. Like, oh, mm. here, I made this for you real quick. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. It's a peanut butter and jelly, Brian. I'm like, it's still the most amazing thing. I love peanut butter and jelly. Same. There's not, there's, I think, honestly, truly, there might not be a better sandwich. Well, I, I think it, I think it hones in on nostalgia. Like, it yeah. brings you back to your childhood in, in those moments of the childhood. You know, we've all had different childhoods. You know, some people had, incredible upbringing some had rougher upbringings but as a child eating a pb and j you couldn't be sad that was that was a little slice of heaven that's true that's true would it have been better on white bread no i prefer wheat do you really yeah so i'm not picky dude i'll fucking eat it on rye yeah well oh for sure i love rye i think well for me i'm trying to Again, and you know, have a little more fiber in my diet. So mm-hmm. whole grain wheat bread is very good for that. I got to get you on the Quest bars, dude. They're good. But also, I actually just prefer wheat. The taste of wheat. I like, yeah. especially uh, like brown berry. Oh, yeah. If you get like an oat nut or yeah. something like that or a 12 grain. Like, I love those breads. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's nothing wrong with white bread, but it just doesn't it it just doesn't do it for me. Well, and it had a much more privileged upbringing too. <laughs> well, ironically, it was the che- the cheaper one. Yeah, it was like white trash bread. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> are you a are you like? Do you prefer white Dude. bread? I don't. Yeah, honestly, like I'm probably one of the least picky eaters you'll ever meet. I enjoy food. See, I will eat pretty much anything, but I'm also kind of picky at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I have very strict preferences and I'm very clear about it. Like if you say, hey, Brian, you know, I got this or that, you know, do you do you have a preference? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I cho- like I choose like most people yeah. are like, oh, no, I don't care. Whichever. Like yeah. someone's like, oh, I have a. Strawberry, you know, margarita here, and a lime margarita, or a normal margarita. I'm like, I prefer citrus. So yeah, it's yeah. not. Oh no, you go ahead and choose. I choose because I, yeah. I don't want the berry. Yeah, 
I'd be like, you can drink both margaritas. Can I get a whiskey, please? <laughs> I, you know, I've grown to like margaritas. I should make you a margarita sometime, dude. Next time you and Noel come by the crib. Yeah. I'll make margs. Yeah. I was just talking to her today. I told her that uh, you guys got to come over sometime soon. Yeah. Well, I yeah. was over this weekend for yeah. your... Yeah. Fucking Noel. Where's she at, huh? I mean, she's just running Brian's putting around. in his quota. Yeah, she's just running around. Also, I'm going to say something right now that'll make my wife very uncomfortable. But oh. I won't really say exactly what I wanted to say because I promised her I wouldn't. But uh, Anna was talking to me about some quotas today. Quotas? Quotas. What quota? Can't say. It's a mystery. Anna, what quota? You ask her. She had a great time talking to you the other day. Yeah? Yeah, she did, man. I always enjoy talking to her. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Brian came over for... for uh, Jakey and Charlie's joint birthday party. Yeah. It was a good time. I missed the the bulk of the party. I was That's fine. You working, came at the perfect time. I was time. working in my my final shift at my sister's restaurant. How does that feel? It was good. I yeah. mean, it was like a, you know, it was a second second gig that I was just doing to help out and Yeah. They've been able to hire some incredible staff since and are really well staffed at this point where I am no longer Needed. I think they would let me work. They would be happy to have me work, but I'm sure they would, dude. Anybody would be lucky to have you. Thanks, man. I I just feel like uh, you know it was it was time for me to take my step back. You know what I hit? I was um somebody came into the restaurant, a friend of one of the staff members, and uh, uh the podcast came up. And uh, our podcast or yeah. podcast in general? No, our podcast. Okay. It's the only podcast that's a lot. I let anybody talk about it at the, the restaurant. <laughs> uh, and uh, this young lady who I'm not very fond of. Um, Does she listen to our podcast? No. Oh, okay. No. If she is, I'm an honest man and I'm not afraid. Uh, I I'm scared. not afraid. You're so in key. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, Brian had his last shift. So, you know, maybe we'll switch back to, to Sunday. Uh, podcasting because i miss i miss pizza and wings yeah yeah i miss it a lot we also have to do another video game episode soon that's more so for us but that's yeah fine. yeah yeah um but they, the podcast came up and i said oh yeah brian's you know he had his last shift and uh so we, we might switch some things around we might keep it the same not sure and then the young lady asked uh what uh what restaurant and i, I told him and uh or i told her and she she goes uh um, I've heard really bad reviews. I said, well, you really shouldn't believe any review about a restaurant for the first year. Yeah. I said, because that first year is so, everybody's growing. There's a lot of growing pains. Yep. There's a lot. Dude, it's, it's, it's building things from scratch. I remember at Blue Root when we started out, like everything was a shit show. I mean, it's still kind of, it can be sometimes. But I, I think restaurants that's, always that's service, are. That's, yeah, yeah, that's service say, industry. That's service industry, 100%. And, uh, she goes, oh yeah, I was I was reading Yelp, Yelp reviews and they talked about this and they talked about that and they talked about the managers, and I said, you watch your tongue, young lady. <laughs> and she goes, well, that actually, I really what I said is like, you know, what I said prior to that. Um, and then she was talking shit to one of the one of the servers in back, and I uh, I finally said what I wanted to say for a long time, and I just said, and I didn't say something directly to everybody. Have you ever seen the, the movie Mean Girls? <laughs> she goes, are you calling me a mean girl? And I said, no, nah, I was just asking if you've ever seen it. <laughs> Randomly, I'm going to bring up some movie from the <laughs> early 2000s. 
because you should people just need to be nice. Let me, you know, before we hit the the top of the hour here, let me fucking talk about that, okay? Sure. <laughs> let me just talk about kindness in general. Politics suck. <laughs> okay? It is it is really hard. That segue was flawless. Yeah. Just like my victories in Mortal Kombat. Really? Never. Oh. I was going to say, you know what else I didn't like about that was the fatalities were just so difficult. Yeah, make it a little easier. Up, up I, down, left, right. A, I already a, a, won. A. Fucking make me press one button. Um, that's how they do it nowadays because kids can't hang. Um, <laughs> but anyways, politics suck right now. It's a really tough time uh, to look at the world through a political lens. Um it's and, even harder to listen to announcements about politics on Twitter. <laughs> don't get, don't jump into it yet. I'm not okay, done yet. And okay. That was a good segue. Thanks. Don't waste your segue on me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the wheelie or the what do they call that big wheel thing? Whatever. We're not. So we're not fucking digressing. Mm-hmm. And I really just want to emphasize something. Um, I had a lot of political conversations the other day, and they were all they were all pretty good. Um, but um, just remember that when you're talking about politics, that it's not all a bummer. And I get it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's not all a bummer. You know what I mean? I think that it's so easy for us to let good things fly under the radar. Um, they're full. We're, they're going full F-35 on us. Um, it's a jet reference, Brian. Um, <laughs> I gotcha. But I, I just want everyone to think about that. You know what I mean? As bummed out as it can be and as stressful as it can be, there is still some good being done. And I think that when we let ourselves get so bogged down and overwhelmed um, by the negatives of politics, it just makes the conversation less fun. So every once in a while, I'll just pepper in a little George Santos. <laughs> I, I like that sentiment. I really do. And A... You know, congrats to you for having a bunch of political conversations. I think that's wonderful. I also love the takeaway of like, yeah, they were good conversations, and I'm sure not all they of them all were no, perfect, they, but they, like they were. There was there were probably some you know maybe moments of pushbacks or uncomfortabilities or whatever. But I like that you are seeing it for what it is. Like, there's good and bad in everything. Yeah. There's eventually harmony is found. And so when there's been a lot of bad, there's going to be some good to outweigh it. Just like, you know, if you're just on this nonstop hot streak, like eventually that streak comes to an end. Like, yeah. Th- there's all, there's a lot of that to be said. This too shall pass. We talked about that. Last yeah. Time. And so that's, that's really admirable that you were having those conversations but I, I like the takeaway most of all yeah and again they were all good I actually in one, uh, one of the conversations I had with I was lucky enough to have Ian and Christine come into the restaurant oh and nice talking about it um and I I used my um I, I get way over like overly um I have a big thing where like I like to root for the underdog yeah even though sometimes you don't really want the underdog to win so like sometimes I do find myself being like overly optimistic for like the Republican Party that maybe some good will come of it one day. Right. Listen, I know the truth. Okay, but it doesn't stop me from being overly optimistic. Um and I um I brought up my whole good versus evil thing. I don't think that there's I don't think that necessarily I think I would say I said something along the lines of like there are probably some good-hearted Republicans out there even in politics. Mhm. 
I think that they're there. I think that they get overlooked. Um, and th- those Republicans that I'm talking about, are the ones that are just like they're, they're they're budget hawks. You know what I mean? They they are not harping about, um, you know, rights for minority groups or for underprivileged groups. They're just they want the budget to be balanced. I think those are probably the best types of Republicans. They're I just, don't know. I I can appreciate that, and I would never go so far as to say that there are no good Republican politicians, period. I don't think there's a single good one in Congress right now or any running for president right now. Zero. Okay, that's fair. Now, if you're talking at like a state level, either at Illinois or like different states or something like that, I'm sure there are some, some good Republicans. I think that Republicans right now there's two kinds and it's either the hardcore MAGA Republicans mm-hmm. or you have the hardcore conservative Republican like a Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Speaking of Ron DeSantis. He officially announced. Tried to. Yeah. Turn into a Elon Musk rally. Yeah, and that was the best thing. Like, it couldn't have been a better night for me watching that dumpster fire happen. Dude, they broke the internet, Brian. They broke, well, they broke like the, the six servers that Twitter uses now. Cause, you know, he's, he's, he's stretched for cash running that business. And what? I was doing good. I'm trying to get close to the microphone. I know, but you're you're a big popper with your peas. Pop that pussy. Wait. What the fuck? You don't you don't know that song? No. Is oh, that a song? It's a it's a song. Anyways. Is that like a WAP song? It was a nineties, I wanna say. Pop that Pop that vagina. No, it's pop that pussy. Pop 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 that pussy. Like a balloon cat? No. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, getting back on track. Brian DeSantis. Watching Twitter. So I still use Twitter from time to time. But the idea was they were going to have this Twitter space, which is basically an audio-only opportunity to live stream. Cool. So cool idea. There's no video. But it's a really cool opportunity for people who have Twitter to stream audio to their audience. Mm-hmm. And this had been noted that Ron DeSantis was essentially going to announce his presidential campaign for 2024 on Twitter spaces, right? Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk has been backing Ron DeSantis for the last two years. And this was another opportunity for Elon Musk to draw a lot of attention to Twitter and showcase how great it's gone since he bought it for, what was it, $44 billion? Something like that. And it crashed hard. The estimates were it did get to about 600,000 or so people listening. I think the first the first the round. The first batch. No, the first batch was a million. The second no, batch, I heard it was six hundred thousand. Then second went down batch two seventy five. Second batch got up to uh, half a mil. 
Well, fairly soon. And then it, well, it, no, because it, it dropped to 275. Well, the, just go to www.twitter.com and then search it on there. It'll tell you. Okay. Well, it'll say 10 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Biggest ever. ever. Well, and Donald Trump came out and made fun of it on True Social, saying, mm-hmm. you know, True Social would have been able to handle it better. So now he's taking digs at Elon Musk. Anyways. It was funny to listen to because it was like, I'm Ron DeSantis, and and then it cut. Yeah. It was silent. Yeah. And then it comes back, and Elon Musk is, like, muttering, oh, are we are like, are we good to go? Okay, okay, you're good. And then, hi, I'm Ron DeSantis, and then silence again. And then, yeah, like, Elon Musk is, like, basically, you know, making excuses like, oh, there's just too many people. The servers can't handle it, and blah, blah, blah. Ironically, you know, AOC streamed Among Us on Twitch like two years ago Mm -hmm. and had very similar numbers. And Twitch is the streaming service that is owned by Amazon. It was multiple people playing a game and she was live streaming the game and her video and you know chat talking with chat and everything like that and it was about the same numbers and nothing bad happened and the DeSantis Musk empire here was crumbling before it even started part of me thinks that DeSantis might nominate Musk as the vice president but I don't think he can because he's not a natural citizen right yeah doesn't mean he won't try he could get him some sort of a cabinet position. I don't know what it would be. It would have to benefit Elon Musk. Yeah. So it would have to be like, what, Secretary of Commerce? Secretary of State? He does have a lot of connections to Saudi Arabia. That's true. They're building a mirror city. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm not surprised it was a failure, to say the least. I think many could say his governorship is just as distorted and disjointed as his presidential campaign announcement is. Between the Don't Say Gay Bill, his fight with Disney, um, you know, now, what was the most recent thing he just had? Uh, there was the campaign finance. There was um, no fudge when he was in Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah, he was in Iowa. That he, one, that he one, was well, that went that went well for him. No, it did not. Yeah, it did. No, the one where Trump didn't show up and he did. He looked like an idiot. I don't know, man. I he has he, no charisma. I, I don't think. I think he looked like an idiot to you because you you hate him so much. I think that it was politically it went well for him. Brian's on the Twitters. Yeah. Just filling you guys in. He's scrolling. He's scrolling. He's scrolling. Uh, Anyways. Okay. (laughs) Well, then I'm going to. If you're not going to keep this thing going, I will. Baby, I'll keep it going. Don't worry. I'm just teasing you. Brian, don't be so sensitive, okay? I'm not sticking up for Ron DeSantis. I'm just saying that. I think politically he had a good day in Iowa. No. I I okay. Well that's fair. I mean I you're think entitled that is... to your opinion. Yeah, I am. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. 
Thanks, Brian. And that's the whole and point you, of this podcast. And is, you're entitled to yours. Yeah. Even though it is wildly skewed. <laughs> it's not skewed. Wildly. Nuh-uh. Severely. No. Intensely. See, Massively. Uh, <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Give me a couple more adjectives there, buddy. <laughs> so can, DeSant- you go, can you Google that for me? Um. <laughs> so DeSantis announced. We also had Rick Scott announce. Yeah. Or not Rick Scott. No, I'm, no. Tim, Tim Scott. No. Yeah. Tom Cotton. No. <laughs> Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Right? Yeah, it was. Which BT Dubs called it. I already told Brian that, but now I wanted to say it live on air. They're saying that he has some skeletons in his closet that's going to get exposed. Oh, really? Yeah. Juicier than George Santos. Uh, George Santos, yeah. Uh, not that juicy, because that's real juicy. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna, I'm gonna bring this up slightly, and I, I'm gonna preface it by saying it needs to be researched by myself and by anybody who's interested. But there was just an article that popped out today because he, uh, he made bail to get out because he was indicted on his charges. How much was it? I want to say it was like five hundred thousand or fifty thousand. Five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. It's- Who posted it? Was it his Brazilian uh, three, wife? Three mysterious people. No who, shit. I Shut up. God. Are no, you I serious? To, no, I swear to God. I swear to God. I started reading the article. I didn't get it you know, through the entire thing. I saw it at work today. Jeez. Excuse me. So, yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, but, yeah, probably the people that funded his campaign. Wow. Yeah. There's some. There, I, I think that something very big is going to come out about him. Like, very big. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to speculate, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be juicier for the news networks than Donald Trump's presidency was. Oh, I I recall what okay. DeSantis the uh, the abortion bill that he passed. Oh yes, yes, yes. No, yes. nothing past six weeks or whatever in yeah. the state of Florida. Yeah. I also saw video. So they are banning books, you know, in mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. And it has to do with anything with, like, critical race theory. Yeah. Dude, they're just taking out history books. I shit you not. Like, the most generic history books that have anything to do with blacks. Like, the biography of Harriet Tubman. That kind of shit. Hmm. And we're talking about entire libraries full of books. Just I know being a country removed. that did something Holocaust very books. To that. Yeah. Holocaust books. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Did you know that what Hitler's original idea to do with the Jews was? No. Really? What do you mean? Like, what, what was his original plan to get I, rid of them all? I don't know. Send them to Madagascar. That's oh, not, that, that's, I, that I didn't even know. Dude, I love that I knew one little history fact for the first time in our six and a half year friendship. I've studied you didn't I've know. studied so much about the Holocaust and yeah. Hitler and I never knew that. Yeah. I knew about his art history failure and yeah. his mommy issues and how his daddy didn't love him. Yeah. You know, like he basically he was, had an Oedipus complex. Did you know he got saved from drowning in a frozen river too yes. by a priest? That's yeah. a that's a fucking that's a story and a half. Once again, priests just causing damage to history. Yeah. Maria was telling me today that there's a there's a sanctuary for priests who have done naughty things to boys in Illinois. Well, so Illinois, the attorney general just came out and said that there were 459 clergymen. 
That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, so they originally thought there were 103 clergymen in Illinois over the last 30 years who assaulted, not necessarily boys, but we'll say children. 103. The new finding is it was actually closer to 459. Yeah. And it was 1,900 children. That's fucked up. And this week's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up, that is fucked up, kids. But getting back to uh, Ron DeSantis, I I think the idea of, you know, he says he wants to make Florida. He Or he wants to make America like Florida. And I think three years ago, I think three years ago that would have, four years ago no three years ago that would have resonated more with people okay because some people really liked the way he handled covid i personally didn't but some people really liked the way he handled it yeah i had family members who moved out of illinois to florida for a year because of the way he handled covid and that's fine like that's that's your prerogative that's your you know feelings on it that said if we look at what Florida is now where it's education numbers are dropping. Um, the tax revenues are going down. He's fighting, you know, he's fighting the biggest business in the state and yeah. just lost a billion dollar campus with 2000 white collar jobs. The don't say gay bill, which is obviously damaging the LGBTQ community in Florida. And then, we have the um, the attacks on critical race theory that is now stemming down to the K-12 buildings, he getting just, a proper education. It's not even critical race theory. It's anything having to do with history that isn't perfectly whitewashed to make America sound good. He just did something, or they just tried to pass something in Florida that would expand on the Don't Say Gay Bill, that would make it go like further into education before they start talking about it. I don't know if it passed the Florida State Legislature, but um, I know they were working on something. Um, Yeah, you know what? I I do have a a question for our audience. To anybody out there listening, please, uh, if you you don't have have my phone number, send us an email. um, Madlibspod at gmail.com. Send us an email. I want to know what 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 people like about Ron DeSantis. If you are a person who likes Ron DeSantis, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, um, and let me know. I'll I'll post it on Facebook as yeah, well. Please. Because I, we, we have gotten people in the Zero past judgment. To, zero judgment whatsoever. Yeah, I won't judge you. I've never judged people for And and we will not there's not gonna be like and Brian, I'm gonna hold you to this. Once you say what you like we will not combat it. I'm just curious. Like, what is what is the what is it that people like about him so much? Because he's got some very loyal followers. That's for sure, man. Um, I know a few of them, um, and I would just like to know. And maybe I should ask those people too. But yeah, ask them. I'm start. I, I'm start. I'm starting here. Brian's gonna put it on the Facebooks. Right. Put it on our MySpace page too. Our only friend is Tom. <laughs> Damn it. No, thanks, Tom. I haven't worked hard enough on. That. Shout out, Tom. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to know, um, do you still think that it's going to be the same? Who who are you still calling for uh 2024 Republican candidate? I, I think DeSantis is going to pull it out. You think so? Yeah. I don't think Trump stands a chance. 
Actually, I do. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think um fifty fifty on those two. I think Tim Scott has zero chance. No, I would say two percent. Okay, he's like, in the running. It, it's definitely he's definitely in the running. I think like Nikki Haley is basically out. I would agree. Uh, I don't think Mike Pence stands a chance. I think Mike Pence gets two no. percent of the evangelical vote. I think. <clears throat> I think Tim Scott gets 2% of the vote. I think Nikki Haley gets 1% of the vote. And then it's, you know, which matters in the primaries because it could, you know, push up Trump or, or DeSantis. Yeah. That said, I, I just, I don't see a path for anyone besides these two at this point. And now that DeSantis has gone against what I thought was the proper strategy in waiting the next election cycle. I wonder how long it's going to be before Dan Crenshaw tries to run. As oh, Republican. that'll be, it'll probably be 2028. You think so? Yeah. Because it, it'll all depend. It, it, it'll it really be interesting to see what happens in the next election cycle and how that impacts the Republican party. Cause right now it's like this toss up and there's, it the looking at it now based on the 2020 figures for 2024 mm-hmm. and the way people voted this that and the other thing and these districts are carried it really looks like the republican party is going to win congress they already control the house and it's likely the battleground senate seats are or all the senate seats that are being fought over are tilted towards the Republican side. Now that said, my hot take on it all is people are completely understating just how impactful the Gen Z population will be when it comes to voting. Yeah, you've said that a couple of times. Yeah, And I will continue. And I think it gives me so much hope that from the elder millennial population on down, I think this country is in really good hands. And that's not to say that there aren't Gen Xers. There aren't some boomers that are really going to help push the country forward. And out of this kind of dark time, I think we're. I think, I think most of the time when you see boomers that are voting Democrat, Mm -hmm. it's um, they're looking for like a Joe Biden. Yeah. I would say generally speaking. Yeah. I would say that, but I think, at this point, I think people are starting to realize, like, center isn't good enough anymore. Like, the game is broken. And at this point, we need to be what was considered radical is now far more understandable. Like, it, it it's far more likely to help our country than just be this radical idea. Universal health care. Uh, a better taxation system, you know, far more progressive. And, you know, we're seeing a level of stagnation of money at the top that we have never seen, right? The, the amount of wealth sitting up at the top of the, the tax bracket is just astronomical. And if we look at it, you know, it's funny as we're, we're going to talk a little, you know, touch on, I know we're, we're kind of flying through time here, but we're going to touch on the debt ceiling. 
And if we look at the instances where the most spending happens, it's under Republican presidencies. And then the deficit goes, like the deficit comes down under Democratic policies. And the spending is far more impactful during Democratic presidencies because it's creating cash velocity. You're giving tax breaks to the lower and middle social classes, taxing higher on the corporations and and the ultra wealthy. And that is actually good for the economy. It always is. There is never an instance where it's bad, right? We create more regulations to keep businesses in line so they aren't putting us on the cusp of global meltdown, right? And so that's where we're at right now where we're like, oh my God, we're, we're breaking. And, you know, to go to the debt ceiling, like the, the most frustrating thing about this is here are the Republicans who, you know, created a, a system of spending over the last, you know, three decades under Reagan is when it really just started ramping up, mm-hmm. you know, and George Bush tripled the 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 debt because of the Iraq and Afghanistan war which continued to rack up debt even in the Obama administration and beyond up until Joe Biden pulled out of both uh, you had Donald Trump add 7 trillion dollars to the debt the debt ceiling was raised two times maybe three times during his presidency and here we are saying we're not going to raise the debt ceiling that makes no sense. Yeah, the Republicans are holding it hostage basically. And it, and it it's it, you can't do that. If you want to negotiate, that's when you're in appropriations. Right. You've appropriated that money and spent it. Like the time to decide on how spending is going to happen is when you're doing the appropriations bill, when you're deciding, you know, the 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 budget and okay, we're going to spend this amount of money. Well, then you spend it and you can't go, mm, you know what? We don't like it. We're going to we're gonna renegotiate that. That's not how it works. That's how Donald Trump works. Well, it's like, it's like saying you're going to buy something without having the funds appropriated for it in the first place. Well, and, and you know, Donald Trump is, you know, truthing out there saying you the Republicans should, should force a default. That's literally what he does with all of his businesses. Yeah, but if you force a default, that hurts a lot of everyday Americans. It hurts, it hurts everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't just hurt Americans. It puts the whole global economy in flux. And this is a time where you have, you know, Brazil and Saudi Arabia and Russia trying to move away from the dollar and destabilize yep. it because... They sense that weakness. There's a little bit of blood in the water. And Republicans are just happy to do that. Why? Because, you know, some of them have Republic, your Russians, you know, donating to their PACs. You know, they're, they have ties to Saudi Arabia. Right? Look at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is getting super tight with Elon Musk. The reason the reason Elon Musk was able to spend so much money on Twitter is because he got tons of money from Saudi Arabians. Like it's 
It's baffling to me. It is baffling to me that we're here, that we're here talking about this, that that the Republicans in the House, more than half of them are gone today, off on a vacation. The Democrats only need to win five Republicans to get this shit show figured out. Yeah. That's all they have to do. Kevin McCarthy can't get his party together. So the so the Democrats just have to win five Republicans in the House. And there are more than five that are in areas that Biden won. Yeah. So they kind of have to listen to their constituents if they want to stay in their seat. And the fact that the Republicans are doing this shows that they are willing to burn the whole fucking thing down. They're willing to burn the whole thing down. They are the Joker in Gotham, right? It's not about anything. They just want to burn it down. They're Nero in Rome playing the fiddle as the whole empire burns to the ground. And and that's, that's the saddest thing. And, and the fact that millions and millions of Americans aren't like, shit, man, I... I I need to really strongly consider what else is out there besides this party. Yeah. You have frauds like George Santos. Frogs? Frauds. I know. I heard you. Oh, you have frauds like George Santos. You have people like Donald Trump who are... Did you see that there's another defamation suit getting brought against him because of the town uh, hall? I think I did. I think I did So, that, So yeah. the town hall happens the day after he loses his defamation suit where he's held liable for sexual assault and then defaming E. Jean Carroll. He then goes on and defames her again, which is pretty unprecedented. He's the, he's the leading candidate for the Republican Party. And second up is the guy who wants to turn America into Florida. Yeah. Florida is a shit show. You know, people always used to make fun of Florida with Google... Man in Florida, dot, dot, dot. And it's always something absolutely asinine. And so we're trying to turn America into that? Why aren't we trying to... Make America great again. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. I would. I don't think it's ever been great. I Mm. think it's always had potential. Always had potential. You're such a negative. And it Nancy. still has. You're such so, a negative. No, Nancy. it still. I think has, that there's been good times. No, it's never been great. Never once. Okay, then I'll change the slogan to "Make America Good Again." Make America great. Period. Great. Let's let's try to be great for once. It was probably really great before, like European settlers got here. Fair, but it wasn't eh, America. No, no, no. It lots, wasn't lots America. Of, mm, lots of wars and infighting. No, uh, even then it wasn't. It's not America. I mean, continent, technically, it was America. No. Was, what would they call it? They probably, I don't know, Gaia? I don't know. Called it Mother Nature? <laughs> I'm Mother Nature's brother. Brother Nature. They didn't believe in ownership of the land, the natives. No, they fought each other for it all the time. No, they fought for, like, hey, stay away from where my tribe lives. No, I think I do that. I got, I, I just started like really researching like um, native American history. They were fighting all the time, right? They were not all the time. Cause there were some tribes that well, were native easy. Americans. If you're like, yeah, the Mayans and the Aztecs fought. 
Tenochtitlan. Ditto. <laughs> you know, another thing about the debt ceiling that was really interesting, I was listening to that freshman representative, Jackson, I think, mm-hmm. from North Carolina. I sent you the TikTok. But he was saying, like, we've actually kind of passed the threshold for the debt ceiling because, like, we run out of money June 1st, according to Janet Yellen. And there's some extreme measures we can do. Like, we can borrow from the trust that pays for Social Security to essentially pay for Social Security, Mm -hmm. which was confusing. But... There's some extreme measures we can do, but it takes about 10 days. Once a deal is done and completed and signed, it takes about 10 days to activate all of that policy, you know, move the money around and then start distributing. It takes about 10 days. So we're actually past the danger zone. I would like to see, um, you know, there's been a lot of ideas tossed around about um, different ways to handle this debt ceiling issue. And the one that I probably found most interesting is the 14th Amendment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically there's a clause in there. Um, it's section 4, and I'll read it somewhat quickly for you, but it's the val- validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payments of pension and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or re- uh, rebellion, shall not be questioned, but neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim or loss of emancipation of any slave, but all all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held illegal and void. So this got thrown into the 14th, 14th Amendment, um, after the Civil War, and it mm-hmm. was basically so that um, the South wouldn't basically just roll their debts into the into the Norths. Um, that's obviously a par- paraphrasing there, um, but they're trying to use this as a workaround to say that it is unconstitutional to have a debt ceiling, so that we would stop this this twice a year, uh, or not twice a year. Um, but this thing that happens multiple times during a president's time yeah. in office. Yeah, their tenure. Mm-hmm. Do you know who raised the debt ceiling 18 times? Jesus. Ronald Reagan. Ronald motherfucking Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Ray Dog. Several times raised the debt ceiling just unilaterally, which was later found to be quote unquote illegal, but understandable. So I can't remember if it was like the head of the like the budget office or what, but basically they said, yeah, technically he couldn't do that. It was illegal, but given the circumstances, like the United States couldn't def- like default on their debt. And so therefore he did what he had to do. So to avoid any debt issues. And so, you know, two of the most notable Republican presidents in, in modern history, Reagan and Trump, raised the debt ceiling multiple times and also warned how dangerous it is to use it as a negotiation tactic. Yeah. It's not the time to negotiate. And 
you know, China is sitting there watching this. Russia is watching this. Russia is, you know, on its heels right now dealing with a war that it was supposed to just essentially rape Ukraine. They were supposed to just go through, take whatever they wanted illegally and have now been put back on their heels by Ukraine, you know, obviously through the funding of the from the United States. But Russia is watching, China's watching, Saudi Arabia is watching, even the likes of North Korea, they're watching. And therefore to sit here and peddle these bullshit negotiations like McCarthy is doing is fundamentally flawed. And it was criticized by their heroes, right? Who's the the heroes of the Republican Party right now? And that's Reagan and, and Trump. They're the ones that are idolized by the the most staunch Republicans. And Reagan said you shouldn't you shouldn't you know piss around. And he he raised the debt ceiling from nine hundred eighty five billion dollars to three trillion dollars. And so we're sitting here on the cusp of of global meltdown because the Republicans want to use it, utilize this, thinking they're playing chess. Right. Bitch, you're fucking up a game of checkers. This is not supposed to be some sort of negotiation period. That happened. That happened years ago. That happened months ago with appropriations. Like, you already decided you would be spending X amount of dollars. And you spent it. And it's been appropriated. And now you got to say, hey, we're going to pay it. Oh, we don't have enough, so we're going to raise the ceiling. The yeah. deficit has been cut by the Biden administration. The deficit has been cut. Meaning we are spending less than the Trump administration. We are lowering the deficit over time. And we will continue to lower it. But this isn't because we're helping out American people. This is because we keep bloating the military budget. Middle America is not saying, hey, we're paying teachers. You know, AOC stepped up and she said, you know, no one's saying that we pay teachers too much. It's true. No one is saying, you know, we pay firefighters too much. So we need to cut spending. No one's saying those that are on Social Security earn too much money. No one's saying that. No one in America is saying that. And so for the Republicans to come here and say, hey, we're spending too much money. We're going to cut veterans benefits. We're going to cut Social yeah. Security. We're going to cut Medicaid. And and you need to do that. Otherwise, we're going to let the debt ceiling default. It's morally reprehensible. But also dangerous. Yeah. And if and and if for the Republicans to continue to do this, look back to their idols, their idols, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump wouldn't even be doing this. So that that's that's the big problem here with the debt ceiling. Yeah, that's the big problem with Ron DeSantis. That he is the state of the Republican Party. Kevin McCarthy is the state of the Republican Party. Donald Trump also just said on Truth to default. It's like, well, where was that mentality when you were president? It's easy to say when you're not the president and, and, you know, the noose isn't hanging over your head. I think it's easy for Donald Trump to say whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Fair. What do you want me to say? Whatever you want to say. Sorry, I had to take a break there. I had to pee. 
Well, the ironic part is like the episode's kind of wrapping up. I was oh. on my soapbox. You've been on your soapbox for the last 30 minutes, sir. Well, it's I don't okay, know. You're, I, we're both short. It's fine. I like to get on my soapbox, too. It makes me no feel tall. No one's as short as Ron DeSantis. Have you seen the, the lifts he puts in? Dude, just like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise kind of has to because he has to portray something. Yeah. A guy who worships... As a politician, a, you should be authentic. A guy that worships a lizard. God, tell George Santos that. Actually, oh, I know. A po- I, I, that's why I'm saying George Santos sh- shouldn't be in office. You know who else... I heard speak, and I was really impressed by hmm. Maxwell Frost, hmm. the first Gen Z person to be voted into Congress from Florida. Yeah, I remember. I think he's 25, which is the youngest you can be in the House. He spoke about the debt ceiling, and he was absolutely remarkable. Very poised. Yeah. I, I, can you imagine being 25 and being that well-spoken? No. Well, in not only being that well-spoken, but to do it on that stage, hmm. like history has its eyes on you. Yeah. You know, people are watching you. Do you think he goes up there and he says things like bet and big facts, just like the kids? I'm sure I, I've never heard him say bet or big facts. I'm sure as he gets more comfortable, Mm-hmm. He'll get, he'll probably utilize some of the trends that he's knowledgeable of. Mm -hmm. I think right now he's so focused on carving out a proper name for himself. Yeah. Like he has to uphold certain things to impress his colleagues that are a little bit older. Oh, for sure. But I think as he gets more comfortable, a little more polished, a little bit more savvy. Mm Mm-hmm he'll realize he can utilize the trends, the the TikToks and stuff yeah. like that yeah. to his advantage when it comes to becoming electable or, I guess, re-electable. Yeah. You know, like AOC did that really well where she did, she's very in tune with pop culture and video games and all these other things as well as policy and stuff like that. Even Katie Porter, who's, you know, older than these two, is very in tune with what is going on with her constituents, yeah. no matter their age. Yeah. So. I hear you, brother. Take a deep breath, everybody. It's going to be okay. <clears throat> yeah. We've got, I mean, we've, there's not that long. To the 2024 election. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy? It yeah. feels like Biden was just a, elected sometimes. Yeah. Or that we just left the Trump administration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it's going to really start hitting hard at the end of the year. Time is flying this year. It is. Our kids are, are done with school tomorrow. Yeah. For the summer. That is accurate. My daughter is going to be a third grader. Your son is no longer a kindergartner. He's going That's to be a first crazy. grader. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? It sure is. Yeah, it sure fucking is, man. I mean, that baffles me. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. To end on a really, really positive note, I know mm-hmm. we were kind of shifting towards the positive. Yeah. What are you most excited about for the summer? Do you have any, like, do you have, like, that one plan or thing or something you're going to do? Gosh, I mean, we are doing things. Like, I'm taking the family on vacation, then I'm taking on on vacation. Um. 
Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Um, but mostly just like I have having all three kids home. Just the two of us. That's what it always is. That's a song that comes to my mind every time we come together. It's a beautiful podcast. Yes. What about you? Well, I'm going to be on a boat on Sunday. Dude. So... It's technically the start of summer break for the kids, but I'm going to be on a boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I got my mm-hmm. flippy floppies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. I, I'm i always very hopeful for the summer that I'm going to grill a lot, and I think I grill like twice. Dude, I grill a ton. I know, but like you're, you make dinner. Noelle's the the cook of this family, and so it's more like, oh, I can give her a break. Like, I'm a pretty decent griller, mm-hmm. so like, I feel comfortable yeah. grilling. I used to be a good cook, and I I lost every bit of skill here nor there. Do you guys still use the charcoal, or do you guys use gas? Uh, we had we moved to a propane. Okay, we her grandparents had passed mm-hmm. and they had a propane grill that they didn't really use much and our charcoal one was which is a weber that was garbage picked mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it still was very functional uh was on its last leg it still is and we used the propane one why are i was you, just curious are you pro you're propane right Mm-mm. no you're charcoal strictly charcoal yeah I mean, I will say this. Charcoal generally provides better flavor. The propane grill, I think, is easier to control. Oh, 100%. And I like the control aspect. Like, I like knowing, okay, it's 325 degrees in my grill. And... Oh, it's not yet. I want it to be 325 degrees so I can crank this up. Yeah. I have the different sides. It's, and I know you can do the sides thing with charcoal, but it's just easier with propane. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to interact with the, with the charcoal. Um, yeah. I've just got my big uh, Weber Summit charcoal. Big old boy. Ooh. It's 33 inches of fucking cooks. I always, I always wanted a green egg. Oh, they're cool, yeah. They're cool, but... They're pricey. They're very pricey. Yeah. Same thing well, with, like, I, a Traeger, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my girl's fucking expensive as shit. Yeah, the only reason I have it is because Keith gave it to me. Oh, Keith, yeah. yeah. Has he been around? He comes around time to time, yeah. But I, right after I was getting ready to move in, he's like, oh, do you need anything for the house? And I was like, dude, if you still have a hookup over at Weber, like, I would I would love to buy a grill. He's like, well, which one do you want? I was like, dude, like, my dream would be have... This. So Summit is, like, the top of the line. For Weber. Yeah. And they do a charcoal version and they do a gas version. And um, I was like, dude, if I could, I mean, you could tell me what the price is on a, on a Weber Summit. Yeah, and, like try and get a wholesale. And I, and I think I just said it jokingly. I was like, oh, man, you know. And he's like, oh, man, I got my well, I got one in my house right now. I don't use it. Do you want it? And I was like, how much do you want for it? He's like, nothing. Yeah, he was, he was, he was yeah. such good people. Yeah, and I kept trying to press him. I was like, dude, let me give you some cash for it. And he's like, dude, I didn't pay anything for it. Why would you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I love that grill. And he's, I use he's, it. He's definitely good people. I, I have a big 33 gallon, like aluminum. It's not aluminum. It's probably stainless steel, but like, you know, metal garbage can um, <laughs> that I fill with charcoal. 
And oh I, shit! And I probably go through it. I probably go through like three of them, three, Dang. three or four of them, between the time the weather starts to get nice. Well, between the time that I can pretend the weather is nice, till the weather's just way too cold. Oh yeah, the weather being so that's the nice thing about propane is you can technically you can still cook when it's cold. Oh, I can still cook on the charcoal. It's just whether or not I want to go outside. Oh yeah, dude, I'm out there rain or shine. I actually, I think last this past winter, even on really cold days, I was out there doing it. Really? Yeah. It's fun. I like standing out there. There's something to be said of just about standing near a grill yeah. and. You know, sipping on some suds or listening to some music. Yeah. It's, it's a vibe. And and that's the thing I love the most about summer is like there's just something about being outside and getting some. Yeah. A little bit of sun and and just kind of being, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I, I just like to be. Anna hates it because like when I'm out. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, when I'm outside, like that's my time to like. You know, with kids, that's my time to, like, watch a movie or a show that I like. Yeah. Um, not that I don't like, because, like, Anna and I, are, we watch a show together. Like, right now, it's Sneaky Pete. But, like, you know, it's it's very slow going. If it's something, like, I want to kind of get through, like, I'll, that'll be my cooking show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anna will say something to me when I'm out there cooking. And, like, I have, like, a headphone in, one of my AirPods. Oh, sure. And I'll hear her. and I was, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, what was that, sweetheart? And she always gets pissed because, like, I'm... Can't hear what she's saying. I don't know why you have one AirPod out. I'd have them both in, just vibing. Being just one, in case, being being one with the grill. Yeah, I just yeah yeah. Being one with your meat, you know, dude. Toads. <laughs> On that note. Do good, be great. Love you guys. Break the rules, can't stay on beat. Making moves, running through the streets. A to Z, follow my lead. Saints, that's pro, this is rock and roll. This is skydive, yellow, now run them on. This is bye bye, ta ta, audio. This is all or none, this is all I know. This that I don't know, we try and go. I don't even know, I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends try and hit the road, try and catch a wave, gotta see my soul. Thought I was gone, but I'm back. Wild ones on the attack. Got no time to relax. Let's go pronto, ASAP. Make you watch my moves. I'm a Republican now.